Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and presenter. Today with me, I have David Kolb. Uh, and if you want to introduce yourself before we get started, that would be awesome. Um, hi, Michael and everybody else. Uh, my name is Dave Kolb. I am a seventh grade math teacher in Genoa, Illinois. Um, second year teacher, first year uh, game of fire, and I'm excited to be here today. That's awesome that you dived into gamification your second year of teaching. How, how has that been? It's been um, awesome, actually. So last year, I uh, took the leap the second half of the year over winter break. Uh, I decided, I was like, I need to do something different. And so like Jordan last week, uh, Jordan Billings, I had found Classcraft. So I decided to use that sure. um, as like the same way he does as an accounting system. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of worked last year. Um, some of it didn't. Um, but then... I decided over the summer, okay, I can revamp it. What can I do? So it's essentially um, just an accounting system this year. And then I took the dive full on this year. And yeah, it's been great. The kids love it. There's been a lot more engagement. So yeah, I couldn't imagine teaching without it at this point. Nice. So I'm going to tell everybody this is not the topic that we're discussing today. Right. However, <laughs> if uh, if David would would so gracious i would love to have an interview of like gamified math that's a question i often get oh absolutely that like, would be a, f- a fun future episode for sure yeah let's put that on the on the docket all right so then everybody out there's wondering what are the two of us talking about today uh dave reached out maybe like a couple months ago talking about possibly uh, starting kind of a game club whether it's like at lunch or recess possibly moving to an after school one at some point and uh i shot him some games and a bunch of other people in the xp lab community shot you some game ideas and uh i i wrote them maybe last week and said hey would you want to do a podcast on sort of this this idea like what what about building a a game club a group of kids who uh just kind of want to nerd out over some games and you, you said yes. So here we are. Yes, here we are. <laughs> All right. So I guess let's hear your sort of idea at, at, at its infancy here. So last year, actually, I had a student approach me and he wanted to start his own game club. And I think it was about halfway through the school year. And he was just looking for a teacher that could, you know, be there after school. But at that point, I was already... Um, staying after two days a week to like tutor some students. So I couldn't find the time then. So, but I knew there was some interest. So, you know, we come fast forward to this year. And then now, um, as I got more comfortable second year teaching, I'm like, okay, now I think is the time. So, like I said, I reached out to the XP lab community and then you were so nice to respond and give me a bunch of great ideas. So I'm thinking this year, uh, as you mentioned, a, lunchtime game club i'm just gonna reach out maybe a google form or something and see who would be interested um unfortunately at this point it would only be seventh grade because our lunches are you know all different times Um, but i'm hoping we would have some nice interest so at this point it would be anything and all things i guess um, cards board games anything 
what's sort of for your situation what would be the time frame you're like hoping for or shooting for so if we did it my goal would be one day a week and right now our wednesday schedule we have a longer lunch so it would be about 30 to 35 minutes at this point all right so games that kind of could nicely fit in that 30 to 35 minutes uh so i just to give everybody else a little background because i don't often talk about this but when i started at my current job I, uh, that we were required to offer some sort of student activity. It could be twice a year. It could be twice a week, but like you had to offer some sort of student activity. And I told the principal, I'd like to start a games club. She was like, I don't think anybody would do that. Like games, not (laughs) super popular. Um, and this was 11 years ago and board games have grown in popularity. So I, I don't fault her back then. It really, really wasn't super cool to do. Uh, but I, I was committed. I was like, I think this is gonna be great. So I started an after school club and ours met right after school for probably about an hour and a half. Uh, and we break for like a snack in the middle, you know, but, uh, and that's been going on now really for 11 years. So I'm still doing that. Uh, so two different clubs kind of models. We can kind of talk about this kind of like recess fit, this kind of lunchtime fit or uh, kind of the bigger, maybe after-school club fit. Uh, and those would all necessitate different games, different experiences. Uh, but there's nothing better, if you ask me, than you know sitting around on a table, like eyeball to eyeball, you know, trying to negotiate, trying to trade, trying to like beat the game, trying to beat each other, whatever. I think that's just, it's exhilarating. It's super fun. Um, have you done some with kids already? Or is this still in the theoretical stage? It's still in the theoretical stage at this point. Um, spring break is coming up here. This is our last week before spring break. It will be. Um, so I'm thinking right after spring break, when we come back, it'll be a good way, you know, to kind of launch into it. I think getting everyone back into school mode and at least bringing some, you know, some fun, kind of find out what they've done over the break and then introduce, you know, the club that way. All right. So I think like everybody probably some of the, instant questions that both of us would get if if we had a call-in show here would be um cost like how how are you going to supply these games is it you is it your school is it a stipend uh is it a pay to play like what what is the thing and i think the other question we both want to probably tackle for everyone is what games right because you and i probably have plenty of ideas that like somebody that's just getting started and wants to do this for kids, but they're not naturally a gamer might want to be like, what are some good games they can pick up? Yeah. So first question about the pay. So the going forward this year, just the last quarter of the school year, um, for sure, I would be the one kind of out of pocket, at least to start. Mm-hmm. I do have a few um, I had mentioned to you before come from a family that plays games all the time. My grandma never went anywhere without a, a deck of cards in her purse. Nice. So I like your grandma. I yeah, like her. There's lots of uh, games around. Um, my mom even, I think she picked up code names the other day. Nice. And I know that was one I've seen in the XP Lab chats and when I asked the question the other day. So that's one. But yeah, out of pocket this year, um, if I go to an after school game club, that could be a stipend, I believe. So there would be some room and then maybe even it could be a small fee, I guess, to join the club. Sure. In the future. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So with kind of with anybody starting, uh, I gotta say I'm, I'm impressed and I don't, I don't want to make anybody offended out there, but saying that you're willing to sort of commit your own resources to providing this sort of unique experience for kids. I think that's really admirable. Um, I think a lot of teachers put a lot of money into their classrooms. Uh, so definitely we're all accustomed to that, but, um, I don't know to, to create a, an experience that's outside the normal school, right? Like outside, like you're not spending money on class lesson, classroom lessons or those kind of things, spending it on an experience for kids. That's pretty profound to me. I don't know. That's really cool. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's awesome. So for my club to kind of answer that question, the, uh, the, my club had to go with a pay to play sort of model. So, uh, they pay per time they come and that includes the snack. And I, I really like breakdown for the kids much like you, uh, that this is, this isn't profitable. In fact, we're losing money, you know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, it's to help the club. Like, so much like you, I am putting in some of my own funds, uh, to buy some games that their funds really pay for the snack and maybe, maybe like 30%, 40% of the games we have in the collection would be like, quote unquote, like theirs like they bought them. yeah <laughs> the rest would be mine but it's nice it's nice to sort of offset that and uh i don't know kids i don't know if kids really have that sense of ownership or idea but i like to think in my head that that like you know they're they're giving towards something and i try to like thank them for that and i try to involve them a little bit in the choices of what we buy you know like hey here are three or four games i'm thinking about ordering next what do you guys think we have enough money to buy like two of them pick two of the three kind of thing. Yeah, good. That was going to be my next question. Um, how often do you do that? Would you say you purchase new games? All right. So here's my, here's my tip. <laughs> uh, for you just starting out, definitely go with, uh, because I would assume your club's going to be small at the right. start, right? So go, especially because you're also doing only one grade level. Yes. So, it, doing uh, doing more frequent, like just one, right? So, because like, you're only going to buy one copy of something, so like, hey, we got in this new one, you know, maybe maybe every like two weeks if you only have for every three weeks, maybe. So there's kind of this feel of like newness, and that like it's you're investing in the club, that it's not this stale thing. Uh, once you grow and you get bigger, I liked to do sort of larger orders so that it like had this sort of pomp and circumstance, right? I have them delivered to school. And then all of a sudden you get these like two or three like big boxes and kids are like, what's those? And like, I'll be honest, I totally play this up. Uh, I'll, you know, put the boxes like in the corner of my classroom, teach all day. So everyone that's not even in the club is like, what are those big boxes? Oh, I mean, I got some new games for game club. Like, well, that's got to be a lot of game. But yeah, well, we play a lot of different games. You should write. Like I use it totally as like a little yeah. PR schmooze. Uh, and then eventually like in something like a study hall or something like that, I like open them. Like I'll open the big boxes uh, and I'll like pull them out and like stack them up. Like, oh, doesn't mm -hmm. this look good? Doesn't this look good? Uh, 
And it's just a good way to sort of, like I said, juice the club a little bit. Um, where if I got one game, you know, just laying on my desk wouldn't right. produce that same sort of experience. Uh, and then that also allows for students to partake a little more in the, the choice of what we order. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to seal that once I start getting some more games for sure. But yeah, for now, it might just have to be that one one lone game in the center of all my desks. Yeah. No, but like starting out with that like niche group of, of students, right? It's a, it's like a, instead of a dead poet society, it's a little uh, dead gamer society, right? Just this like tiny group. And like they'll love like when you sort of be like, well, I snuck in this new game. Right. And they'll, they'll kind of be honored to be like, try it and be excited to try it and, and play to those things. You know, like sometimes teachers miss that opportunity of like, these are like some kids that are really choosing to, to get connected with you and get to connect with each other, make them, make them feel like, you know, thank them for that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kids notice things like that. Like I have in the back of my room, a bunch of boxes and they, you know, first thing they, they ask, like, what's in those? And it's textbooks yep. because we just got a delivery. And they're like, oh, that's that's not fun. <laughs> oh, never mind. Just keep them in the box. <laughs> so, yeah, I could probably slip some boxes in there with games in them. They wouldn't even notice at this point. That's right. All right. So then, like, we're to the big to the big to do, the big question here. What are some games that have been suggested to you already that maybe you already know? Like, whatever. What are some games people can maybe take and use? Yeah. So when I asked that question on Twitter, I got a bunch of different responses, a bunch of great responses. Um, I saw like code names, which I've seen, I have not played. That's a great um, one. Yeah. And then even just, I didn't, I don't think I saw it on Twitter, but I heard you talk about it and I've seen it at plenty of stores is one night werewolf, I think is what it's called. Oh yeah. That's and good. I haven't quite, I'm like, see it and I grab it and I look at it at the store and I'm like, can't quite pull the trigger just yet um just because yeah the cost and i haven't quite set up the club yet sure um so one night werewolf for those listening uh, a lot of people know the game mafia so this idea that like you know there's some good guys bad guys no one knows who each other is um uh, that game is great but the only problem is it's about a 20 minute game 30 minute game but there's player elimination. Like each round, you're kind of voting who to kind of arrest. And did you arrest a innocent person, or did you arrest one of the bad guys? If you arrest all the bad guys, then you, the good guys win. Okay. Uh, one night werewolf is same concept, good and bad. So they're humans and werewolves, but it's it's just one night. It's like, it's like one round, and then the game's over. So there is no real player elimination, and it takes like. I don't know, 10 minutes. Oh, okay. So that's kind of nice. Only downside, I will say, especially in your situation, if you're playing in the lunch like time, lunch slot, um, that game does have like kind of a close your eyes sort of moment, which I think kids in a lunchroom might cheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yep. But if you're if you're in your room, like I don't know if you're talking about like this extended lunch means you would take some kids back to your room, uh, then yeah, I think it the, would probably work. Yeah, I would. I anticipated or think envisioned it being in my classroom. I guess depending on the size, like of you know how many students were to show up, like could I facilitate it in my classroom? 
type sure. of thing. And then if they would want to, you know, I like some of the students, I don't even know if they'd want to leave their, you know, lunch type thing, or we do have a small seventh grade right now. So there are extra tables available in the lunchroom if I were to go down there. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, so some of the ones I might suggest to people out there, Oh, let's see now, like an old suggestion that I've said in the past, this is not the first time I've said it on the show, but I got to reiterate it would be one called Rhino Hero. It's yes, I've seen you it's, post that. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. It's so zany. Kids will get into it. It's super easy to learn. Um, this one, if you did play in the lunchroom, would definitely draw attention in like a good way. You know, like I don't know how anybody can't kind of gravitate over and play it. Um, it is totally marketed as like a little kid's game, but <laughs> I mean, it, I literally like I, I will play it and some adults will come over and be like, well, what's this about? I want to play. Um, that's just a really good one. Uh, another great, great one that you might want to think about picking up because it's super small, travels everywhere. You could give it to your grandma. She would love it. <laughs> would be, uh, it's called Love Letter. I want to say it's like an 18-card deck. So super tiny. And uh, each of the cards have like a special power. And you're ultimately trying to, at the end of the round, have the highest valued card. Um, but there's cards that make you like trade cards. There's cards that make you like discard cards. And the highest valued card, the number eight, the princess, says if you discard it, you automatically lose. Oh. So like if you're holding it, it's great that you have it. That's like the winning card. But if anybody makes you discard it, you lose. If if I know you have it, I could make you trade it to me on the last round. Um, super fun. Kids like it. Uh, and super quick. You can play it like a full game. You play it to like five wins, I think. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you could, you could just say, well, hey, we're going to play this till lunch is over and whoever has the most wins wins right yeah I, yep i like that yeah because i th thought even if i had a game that you know had a board or whatever you could kind of continue it depending on the size of the group and mm -hmm. you know the consistency of the students coming back each time because i know they would probably want to pick up depending on the game like right where they left off that's where i gotta admit i'm super nerdy like i i have never I can't say never, but I have not often achieved this. But what I wanted in my head, I kind of wanted to treat it like a sport. You know, like like I'm your coach. And I kind of really wanted to like get a core group that would just, this is their thing. They'd come. And for a while I had probably like four students that did that. And then they eventually went on outside of middle school and I don't now I have much more what you just described, like kids come, but it's like, oh, I can make it this week. I can't make it that week. And so you're kind of always stuck in sort of a, I don't want to say a basic game, but like when I had those four or five kids that just were dedicated, I mean, I could play any game, you name it. I don't care how hard or big or whatever, because they, <laughs> they got it. They got games. And the learning a game for all of you teachers out there that are going to buy some of these games and try to learn them i would argue that like reading a rule book is difficult but i promise you once you it's like another language once you start to read more rule books it makes sense it's a quicker read you get it um at least that's what i found 
Yeah, um, I play some games with not as much as I'd like to, but a group of friends, we get together and we play. And I think the first time I brought my wife there, we were starting a new game and it was 30 minutes of directions, I think, yeah. trying to figure out how to set it up, how to play. And she's looking at me like, it's like, really? Like this, this is, this is the fun you described. <laughs> I was like, no, once we get into it, you know, you'll see it's like, we'll have to come back next time and it'll be much faster the second time we play. Yep. The elusive like next time. Yep. Yeah. No, I've been there. I have a regular game group that I play with. Uh, we try to, we try to do once a week for the most part and it's a lot of fun and, but we're all sort of gamers and we almost never get to the thing you described because almost every week one of us have a game that we haven't like played that we bought, you know? And so it's like, <laughs> and now we're learning this one. And then like next week we'll learn somebody else's new game. Yeah. Yeah. Some but, of the fun is in that for sure though. Well, I was gonna say like for us, we all are gamers. So like some of us actually enjoy a little bit like, all right, teach me these 30 minutes of rules. I want to hear how these mechanics work. I want to hear how this plays out. And then we give it a shot. Yeah. And almost uh, inevitably we get to the end and we're like, oh, we were playing wrong. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> like, and then the only solace you can take is we all played that way. Right. So it's still fair. Like we all right. took two cards when we were supposed to take one. Like, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, all right. So I was going to say another, another bit of advice for new club runners is, uh, that fits perfectly into well-played podcast is I will say I also gamified my club and That's awesome <laughs> and it worked really well. I just went with the simple military theme. So like the first time you come, you're automatically like a private and I based it solely on attendance. And so okay. every five attending, every five times you attend, you'd rank up to the next level. And then I would speed that up if you helped the club out. So um, like if, if you like helped write a review for our like website or whatever for like one of the games we play or you know, whatever, then all of a sudden I'd let you rank up after like four times or three times attending. Uh, but kids, I mean, kids love that, that status. Again, I was sort of thinking kind of trying to make it sport esque, you know, like I don't have letterman jackets and all this other stuff, but I at the very least could say that like, yeah, like you, you deserve to be a high rank. You've come more, you probably know more, you probably are more comfortable sitting down at a table and just learning a game. Yeah, I love that idea. That's awesome. I'm already, like thinking of yeah, ranking them as maybe if they bring other in other students or whatever, they bring a, a sure. friend to game club today. Yeah, there's like a a bonus or an extra level for them just for that. Yeah, no, I mean like whatever you kind of need, then make that the the bonus. Uh, well, I want to also give a few more suggestions out there. I don't know if you have any others that were like, given to you. Um, um, the only other one you had mentioned it and I was watching that video you had posted that was two rooms in a boom. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. My students, I, I mean like my, my students love this game. It is, it is a questionable topic and that's, that's the only thing if like we can sort of get over that. Uh, but it is, uh, a great like game in terms of discussion negotiation critical thinking and it can involve 
kind of almost unlimited people. I mean, you could, or your whole class could play. Yeah. And it pretty much has a hard limit of probably realistically, I'll say 18 minutes. The game itself will be 15 for sure. But, you know, with a little like pomp and circumstance at the end where you sort of say like who wins and stuff like that, maybe 18. Yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, one that I found that my students really dig was this year, some new ones. Welcome to the Dungeon. Really little, really cheap. I want to say on Amazon it's like $13, $14. Uh, and this one's just great. I mean, it's like a push-your-luck game. I'm not going to sit here and really describe too much about it, but push-your-luck games, kids always love it. Uh, I want to say it plays five players up to five, which is great. Lots of variability too, so kids will want to like try again and again. Uh, another really good one is uh, that I did this year was Five Minute Dungeon. Five Minute Dungeon, super awesome. Collaborative I... game. They're like trying to defeat the boss, uh, and they're playing cards, and you got to like talk it out and figure it out and. It is truly does have a five minute timer. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and our, my friends and I, we love the games where you're collaboratively working together. Some are nice when you're playing against each other, but we love the ones where you're teaming up to try to accomplish something. No, those are fun. So, five minute dungeons, great. Fuse is another good one. Fuse is uh, another game that I want to say that's in five minutes. It's either five or ten on that one, but you're trying to like work together to defuse this bomb in time and it's chaotic it's fun uh it's memorable kids will definitely remember the experience uh hive hive is a really good that one's two player but uh that one's more chess like but i think personally more fun than chess so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, everybody I've ever taught it to really likes it. So that one's a good one. Exploding kittens. That one. Oh yeah, that was one that a lot of people had said. That one. That one's a. That's a big, big one. Kids like. Uh, oh, there's one called the Mind, that my daughter and I play sometimes. Uh, it's more of an experience than a game. <laughs> you're trying to play your numbers. You get a hand of cards, and you're trying to play them in number order and the deck is one to a hundred and there's like 10 or 12 levels each level you get that number of cards so on level one we each have one card level two we each have two cards right and we're trying to play it sequentially but the catch is we can't talk oh okay so, so it's this experience where you're just quiet and you're just thinking like, I think enough times passed. If anybody had kind of the one through 10, they should have played it. So I'm going to try putting my 12 down here and hope we don't like get, get it wrong, you know? And then like you play the 12 and then somebody's like, Oh my gosh, like, whew, like I had the 14, you know, and they put the 14 down and it's weird when like it works. You're like, Holy cow. We just played, you know, 30 cards in sequential order without saying a single thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I try, I do something not with cards, but at the beginning, yeah. When you try to get students, you know, icebreakers, like stand in a certain order or whatever it is without talking and yeah, middle schoolers or any students, especially they struggle when they can't talk. Yeah. No, that's, so. 
That's it's fun a, to watch. That's fun with my kids. My students really like it. My daughter and I like it. Um, I cannot believe it, but we are already at like our, our reflection time. It always flies by when I'm listening and even more so when I'm, when I'm talking to you. Isn't it crazy? Like it just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think people will understand until they're, they're doing it, that it's just soup, but we're definitely going to have to have you back on for sure. I would love to do that math episode with you. Yeah, that would be great. All right. So you ready for reflection time? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. This one's a good one. Life is a game board. Time is your opponent. If you procrastinate, you will lose the game. You must make a move to be victorious. That one's by Napoleon Hill. He's like a 1930s self-help author. Yeah, so it's a lot going on there. Um, it resonates with me for sure as a person who starts late last minute often as I'm driving into work <laughs> or listening to Well Played and you get an idea and you're like, what were we going to do today? It's like, nope, we're going to do something different. We're going to so, do something a little different. Um, but yeah, as far as games go, I think you know the experience of being in that room playing with others, you know, like you said, eye to eye contact with them. Um, it's much better when you're actually playing yourself than sitting on the sidelines and watching. So if you don't make your own moves and get in there, you know, the time's going to pass regardless. So you might as well be in there. You know, you can't win if you don't play. So you might as well get in on the action, have fun. You know, it's all about experiences and that's hopefully, you know, what my gamified class does. And then hopefully with this game club, that would just give more experiences to these students. And that's just what I'm looking for overall, really. I love it. Uh, For me, I love the quote because I think about how people in their lives have a hard time with change, right? They, They want to stay the same. But when, like, you read this quote and you think about life as a game board, you know, whatever analogy people want to use, like let's use Monopoly because everybody kind of knows Monopoly. If you feared change in the game of Monopoly and you just said, like, I don't want to roll the die, I'm just going to sit here. Like, we clearly see that that is not the best path, right? Like, you need you need to, like, move forward. You need to roll the die. You need to buy properties. You need to, like, grow. You need to make those trades. Uh, and And same with life. Like, when you were presented with, new opportunities and and sometimes that presented when i say presented new opportunities it doesn't mean that like you super want that opportunity like yeah that might be your principal saying we're going to do this new procedure new policy and you're kind of like Ugh. but you like to be victorious you have to move forward so like now think how best you can deal with that new situation but embrace that new situation be the like best you can be in that new situation yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, I'm someone who so yeah, not struggles with change, but like you said, you kind of get comfortable, but at times then you need to, you know, get out of that comfort zone before you can actually, you know, grow. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again. I really appreciate it, Dave. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I, I just really every week it's an honor having you guys part of it. Check out uh, Explore Like a Pirate's 
Twitter chat. That is on Tuesdays at 9 Central Standard Time. Hashtag XPLAP. Also, would love it if you checked out my YouTube channel. Gave that a subscribe. Watch some videos. Thumbs up. That kind of stuff always helps the channel. Appreciate it. Everybody, enjoy your week and play on.